special couple here with us. And uh, I'm just very grateful to God for this couple because God has used them to fulfill and to answer one of Angela Denise's prayer. <laughs> and we were praying about this when the kids were still toddlers. And God has uh, answered our prayer and given us, like I said, the best for our son. Uh, and we're grateful. And I believe that she's setting the trend. The rest of them are going to get the best. Amen. It's going to be gooder and gooder. So if you don't mind, would you join me? Welcome this special family of ours this time. Dave and Isabel. And please come over and help me. They will be speaking to us about family life today. That's what they do. And that's why I invited them here. Thank you, musicians. We enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Good to see everyone. I am Dave, and this is my wife, Isabel. Her last name is Romo. And uh, no, there's no, there's no coincidence, there's no tie to the, well, maybe in Houston <laughs> that's not a good idea, but uh, I'll strike that last comment. But anyway, thank you all so much for allowing us to come here today from Dallas to speak to you all. Um, as Pastor mentioned, uh, you know, uh, our daughter Ashley married their son, Amare, and as he mentioned, you know, they prayed for, since they were babies, for, uh, for their coming spouse. We've done the exact same thing. In yes. fact, we prayed a prayer that was something like this. We said, God, please bring to our, our daughter Ashley a man who's been steeped in God's word. Do you, does anybody here like tea? You know, you take a tea <laughs> bag and you steep it in hot water and you get some delicious drink. Well, we wanted a man for our daughter that was steeped in God's word just like yes. that. And what did we get? We got it. <laughs> we, we got, got it. <laughs> That. So anyway, I would just encourage you all that for those of you that have young children and that uh, you know, you're, you're praying for your children, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. So just keep praying. Yes. And um, what we'd like to, again, thank you, Pastor Goodlick yes. and Pastor Angela, for allowing us to be here today. Um, the reason that we're here is we're going to speak to you a little bit about marriage. Isabel and I... Um, we've been married for 39 years, and that doesn't qualify us for anything. <laughs> Except to say that um, we have learned a few things along the way. But also the fact that we've, uh, since about 2008, we've been marriage mentors. Now, I don't know if you know, many of you have heard that term before. You probably know what a mentor is. A mentor is somebody that advises. It gives, gives advice. So I don't know if 39 years qualifies us to give advice, but we've done a lot of studying, been to many seminars, and really since 2008, we've, we've mentored hundreds of couples, hundreds. Yes. 
And uh, there's always a lot of tears involved. There's a lot of scripture involved. And mostly there's a lot of transformation involved. So what we want to share with you today is, uh, is a word about endurance. And we're going to get into that in just another second. But um, with that, um, let me just share a couple of, uh, a couple of notes uh, with you about how we met. Because I think it's, you know, you, you might wonder, well, how, does some, how do people that have been married 39s, how do they get together? And it was kind of a crazy start. I have six sisters. And uh, I don't know why I mention that all the time. I guess I'm <laughs> supposed to get a prize for that or something. But uh, these, my, my next older sister, we were very, very close. And uh, she was in college. I was in college at the time. And she was going to write a story on somebody famous. She was, she was in journalism. She was a, pho- uh, a photojournalist. And so she decided to write a story about somebody that was very famous in our city. Not really, but that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's what he says. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, she was uh, a dancer at the, at the college, and she was on, a, on TV all the time and commercials. for. Uh, she was actually a cheerleader for a pro baseball team in, in our hometown of El Paso that they have semi-pro baseball there. But anyway, so we, she said, you know, she asked me, would you like to go to this baseball game and take pictures with me? Because I, you know, I'm supposed to take pictures. Like, baseball. It's not even a sport. I mean, does anybody here <laughs> like baseball? I, please, I apologize. <laughs> I'm not good at sports, so that's why I say things like that. But I went to the game when she said, well, I'm going to take pictures of the cheerleaders. And I, oh, well, I guess that's <laughs> what I want to do. So anyway, I'm not going to go into all the detail, but... We got there. I saw them dancing on the dugout, and she said, well, which one do you like? I said, well, I, I like that one right there. And she goes, that's the girl I'm interviewing today. And I said, really? Really? And I wish I had brought a picture, because um, it would have been interesting for you to see what we looked like back in 1980. But um, as things have it, we got to meet, and we, we kind of did one of these things when we, I came down to you know, to the dugout, and it was kind of like this, and she was, came off, she came off the dugout, I came up the stairs, and our eyes met, and we kind of did one of these things, you know, and I saw sparks, and I did too, yes, so <laughs> two months later, we were engaged, but well, we don't months. recommend that, no, do not recommend that, <laughs> don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, we, I mean, we didn't get married right away, we got, we, we waited a year, and then we waited 10 years to have kids because yeah. we were really young. We were, you know, we were 20, 20 and 22 and 21. But anyway, all that to say that God has a plan. And it's not about the way it starts, but it's how it finishes. Because many of you here today, I know many of you are married. Some of you may be married, you know, and maybe not married anymore. Some are expecting to be married, you know, maybe engaged. But the important thing is, that you understand that God has a plan for you. And in that, there's some keys to how you can be successful in that plan. Because, you know, we, you know, he gives us free choice. One of the things we're going to talk to you about today, though, is how love endures in a marriage, how you can make it endure. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, so honey, mm-hmm. why don't we, why don't yes. I stop talking and let you <laughs> So good morning, everybody. Um, it's such an honor to be here, and I'm humbled. Um, pa- when Pastor Goodluck asked, I really struggled because speaking is not 
in my eyes, like the greatest gift that God gave me. I feel like I'd, I'd be better dancing for you. <laughs> but, but I try to be obedient to him. And um, that's why I'm here. So thank you for showing me grace if I make mistakes. And, um, but I'm going to give you my heart, and I know you'll take it. So um, we titled our talk, Love That Endures, because that's what has kept us going, and Pastor Angela, and Pastor Goodluck. Um, and what does endure mean? I looked it up on the, in, our Bible, in our dictionary, and I'm going to give you the definition in a little bit, but when we um, speak of what, what um, love that endures, we will be speaking on what God says about marriage, not about what the world says. And we're going to give you five vital keys to building a fortress of love that will help keep your covenant relationship strong and in alignment with God's principles. Because you don't want to do it like 90 Day Fiancé or Hollywood. You want to do it the way God's Word says. And that's how it will endure. You know, I talked about um, mentoring couples. And, you know, when we... Usually when we see couples, they're, they're not doing well. They come in and they're angry. They're not looking at each other. Maybe there's a lot of tears involved. In fact, we have a room at our house that we call a mentoring room. And that couch that's in our mentoring room has more tears cried in it than any one thing. But mostly this is what we hear. People say to, to us, you know, they, my heart is broken. And then we'll start to share with them things we're going to talk about today. They say, oh, we tried that. No, we've tried it. In fact, I'm tired of trying. You know, he doesn't deserve it. She doesn't deserve it. I'm done. I'm done. I cannot stand that when people you say, know, I'm done. Can I just say about something about the word, I'm done? You're not done. You're never done. You're never done until, until God, God says it. you're done. And, you know, again, I, we're, I, I realize, you know, there's many people, you know, the statistics are, you know, many people divorce. And there's no condemnation. In fact, you know, you hear it today and you hear us say these things. We're not condemning any, anyone that's gone through that. In fact, we're praying for you because you get to start again and you get to hear something that maybe will help you. Um, but the important thing to realize, again, is God has a plan. He has a plan. And it's a, it's a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. So anyway, with that, um, I want to tell you... Um, uh, we're going to share some things with you today. But for those of you that are here with your spouse, um, one of the things that we usually see is when we start talking, and we see a lot of this. <laughs> it's like, get that, get that. That's for you. I'm here to tell you, the information we're going to share with you is for you. It's not for your spouse. Well, it is for your spouse too, but it's for you, whoever's hearing it. And if you're not married and you want to be married one day, it's for you. And if, you, if, you, uh, if you're in none of those categories, you probably know somebody that's married, and you can share that with them. Believe me, you're going to learn some things today that will help you in any kind of relationship, but mostly in the marriage covenant. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, one thing I also wanted to mention about our background is we were raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for those of you that are, you know, that maybe went through Catholicism, I mean, we were Catholics for 40 years, and, you know, it's different, right? I mean, you have different kind of service. You have different, you know, things that you do. Um, we didn't, we never read the Bible. I mean, we literally never opened the Bible because, you know, we were taught 
something different. But the one thing that we did, that we didn't grow up with, though, is with a sincere love for God and, and relying upon Him and prayer. So, you know, even though we weren't, you know, we weren't in the Word, we were learning everything around it. <laughs> so, as it, as it happened, um, you know, our, our, I'll go back to our marriage a little bit. We were, so we were growing up, we were, we were young, we were, you know, having our, our little struggles. Um, Isabel graduated college, I never graduated college, that was one of the issues. Um, but I had a great job, and that job kind of moved us around different places. So one of the places we actually ended up was Cypress, Texas, believe it or not. We were living in Dallas, we went to Tampa, we went back to Dallas, and then we ended up here in Cyprus, or there in Cyprus, wherever that, maybe here in Cyprus, <laughs> here in Cyprus. Um, we were living in Coles Crossing. I don't know if anybody lives in Coles Crossing. Yeah, we were right there. We were one of the first houses that were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was interesting because I had a great job. And, uh, you know, with all the, all the finances and all that, unfortunately, uh, this was right around the time of 9-11. And so 9-11 happened and our industry, which was a telecom industry, just went totally south. So I lost my job. We had bought this big house. We had all these bills. And uh, some bad things happened, made some bad decisions, was not manage my, managing our money correctly. And there's a point to all this. I'm not just going <laughs> But we came to a point where we were just about to have our house foreclosed upon. I mean, we were within a couple of weeks. I don't know. And the reason I bring that up, too, is because, you know, obviously in this pandemic, you know, there's many people that are out of work. Maybe there's someone here like that here today. And maybe you're struggling mightily and you don't know what to do and you're in that place. So Isabel and I, one of the things that we had learned, you know, in in this time was, was about praying together. And Isabel and I really spent a lot of time praying together. We, we were fearful about a lot of different things, but we knew enough to seek God and to do it together. And I encourage you, you know, if you're married, uh, if, you, um, if you don't have a great relationship, you know, if you wouldn't categorize it as a great relationship, one of the keys to having a great relationship is praying together. And there's, we're going to talk some more about that. There are books on that. There are Lots of things that you can do to, to actually get down that road to starting to do that. But just for, for this moment, let me just leave it right at that. But so back again, we're in this house in Coles Crossing in, in Cyprus, about to have it foreclosed upon. And so we just, you know, we were at the end of our wits. And so I said, you know what, we need to, we need to get down on our faces and pray. So we went upstairs and where we were, we said, let's get down on our faces. And we held hands and we were crying and we were calling out to God. We just said, God, you know, please take this cup from me. I was thinking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I, you know, of course, you know, not comparing myself to Jesus, but, you know, it felt that way, you know, with, with the tears flowing and it felt like there was blood flowing out of us. But in that moment, just knowing that we could come to each other and, and do it together, you know, holding our hands face down, come what may. Okay, we're going to lose our house. You know, our girls, you know, uh, Trisha and Ashley, and then our, our son, Davey, who was uh, one year old. Um, there we were. And um, two weeks later, I had a job. I had a $10,000 signing bonus, and we were okay. 
And, you know, and you could say, well, that was great. Okay, they turned everything around and, and God did it and he did. Next, uh, within, you know, some amount of time, we actually had another situation happen where um, Isabel and I were, it was actually a Labor Day, Labor Day weekend. And, you know, things are closed on Labor Day weekend, but we had been fighting. We were fighting, you know, nothing serious, but we were arguing over something. I'm sure something that you guys have argued about. I won't go into the details about it. But, you know, one of those, one of those subjects that, you know, always comes up. We were arguing, and I was angry at her, and she was angry at me. And she says, I'm going to take the kids to the, to the Houston Museum. So we lived, you know, in Cyprus, and she was going to drive. And we had never been there. We had never driven around downtown. And um, so she takes off driving. I'm cleaning out the garage. And about an hour later, the, the phone rings. And I pick up the phone, and I hear sirens. And I'm like, oh, sirens. And then this man on the other end of the phone tells me, he says, who is this? And, you know, has anybody ever called your house or called your phone? <laughs> who is this? Oh, who is this? What do you mean, who is this? And he says, and I hear the sirens, and he says, he says, my name is so and so forth. He says, your family has been in a really bad car accident. You need to get here. And it was my wife and Ashley, her, her, her sister Trisha, and, her, and our one-year-old son. They were in this van. Uh, they were going underneath a, a free, I think it was Freeway 59, and somebody ran the light underneath the freeway. It was a big dually truck, you know, with the four tires in the back, ran through. They hit their van. The van rolled, Fine. came to rest against a tree, and they were hurt. They were hurt bad. So I went to the, you know, they, you know I, I took off going 100 miles an hour down 290 when 290 was much smaller. And uh, I didn't know where to go. And there was no GPS at the time. There was, you know, cell phones were there, but we didn't have GPS at the time. So I'm, I, I pulled over a police and I said, I, I don't even know where I'm going. I'm supposed to go to this intersection. He says, let me check and see what's going on. And he says, well, your family's in the hospital. You need to go to Herman the hospital. Uh, I'm going to enter a parenthetic uh, statement here. At Herman Hospital, my daughter works there right now. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I just, you know, it, it's... So anyway, long story short, I know it was a long story, but they were really hurt. Ashley had a broken hip, um, but they all survived. And one thing that it, it, it helped me to, to understand and to know is that life is short. And I didn't really realize how bad it was until I went and saw the van in the, in the salvage yard, and it was like a crushed beer can. I mean, the doors were gone because they had to pull the doors off to get Isabel out. And she's got all these, she still has glass or something in her arm that if she puts her arm up like that, uh, you can see all these black things in her arm from the being rubbed on the road or whatever it was. But anyway, um, I know that's a lot to say, but when we talk about love enduring, just know that life is short. And if you haven't made a choice about what you're doing with your marriage and if it's worth it or not, just remember that life is very short. And, you know, arguments, whatever they may be over, really and truly, consider that you have this many days to be together. Even if you're 21 and 22 years old, you have this many days. And we've been married almost 40 years. It goes by so quickly. Mm -hmm. It just, 
if you have an issue, like I, I can imagine in a group this size, there were probably people that fought on the way here to service this morning. Maybe you were arguing. Maybe you didn't want to come to service. You, were, you wanted to watch uh, Houston. Yeah, that's right. Houston play whoever they're going to play today. I thought so that they were going to play at noontime. Maybe you wanted to do that instead of coming to church today. My point is, you're here. And God has a word for you today. He's saying to you today, cast aside things that are unimportant, unimportant and put your marriage above those things. Just second to him. In fact, if you, if you want to talk about priorities, obviously God is in the first slot. But in the second slot is your spouse. And then below that is your children. And then below that is everything else. But if you will keep those priorities, if you will keep God first in everything that you say and do, then you will be able to prioritize on your spouse. And Isabel's going to talk a little bit about that. So as I said, um, the word endure comes from the word endurance, which means the power to withstand something, to suffer and undergo as we, as we did. Hebrews 10.36 says, Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. During, enduring under trial begins with a good foundation. And that's, that's one of the things that Dave and I, as he said, you know, maybe being religious, whatever it is, whatever upbringing you had, maybe um, being Catholic was not perfect or whatever, um, but we had enough of foundation in Christ to know that we need to we needed to bond. We needed to work together in order to go through our trials, whether it was finances, um, moving, uh, arguments, whatever it was. So that's why, you know, don't blame your parents if you were raised in a different kind of church, because we all do whatever we feel. You know, we have good intentions. It might not be that my parents. You know, I mean, it was kind of a lot of times. Your faith is based on tradition. You know, my whole family went to the same private school. They went to St. Ignatius, from my daddy all the way to everybody until they closed down the church. Um, So their heart was to raise us up in Christ. Um, But it was my duty to continue to grow. And, um, And so keep that in mind. So we had enough of a foundation. When you're building a home, you know, you have to have a firm foundation in order for it to, to survive the trials, the storms. Um, Matthew 12:25 says, Any kingdom that is divided against itself is being laid to waste, and no house or city divided against itself will stand. So you can't, you can't be on opposite sides. You're a team. We're the Romo team. We're not Dave against Isabel. We are one. And we always have to remember that he's my best friend. I'm supposed to be his cheerleader. I'm not supposed to be his, his judge. There's only one judge, and that's our, our Father in heaven. Um, and I'll we, just mention this, too. I'm supposed to be her fan, her greatest fan, yes. you know, football, right? <laughs> but I'm supposed to be his, her greatest fan, not the coach, you know, not the owner of the team, but her greatest fan. Yes. She's going to be my cheerleader. I'm going to be her fan. Another um, scripture that I absolutely love is Isaiah 43, 7, that says, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. I was 
I was, excuse me, it was I who created them. So we have to create and display the glory of God in our marriage. I mean, it's, it's a reflection of God. If we're fighting, if we're, you know, being mean to each other, impatient, cursing each other, etc., that's how we see our, our God. You know, we're supposed to glorify and be an example, not just for, for others, for you guys, but for Him. Ultimately, Colossians 3.23 says, um, do everything unto God. Everything you do, He's watching us. And I don't know about you, but I want to have a big castle. I want to have a big palace in heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have a little cabin, you know, a broken down cabin with an outhouse, okay? I want a big <laughs> mansion next to water, right, Pastor? <laughs> next to some water. I know there's no sea, but something better. Um, so, so keep that in mind that you either glorify or you hum- humiliate God, Okay. If I, could, if I could also just say, you know, we talk about fighting and arguing. And you might ask, well, you know, how do you guys get past that? Well, I can tell you that, you know, we're two Hispanics, hot-tempered, hard-headed. Maybe there's some of you like that here. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe the wrong church, another church. But I'm telling you, when we would fight, we'd, I mean, use your imagination. We would fight big time. It I mean, wasn't, no, no, it know, wasn't no, that bad. No fisticuffs. No, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. You forget. But <laughs> too much. It was way too much. You wouldn't think. You know, we're up here on stage talking about marriage. We were big fighters. Fight, fight. Until one day, one day we were fighting. We always did it in our bedroom, you know, so the kids wouldn't hear us. <laughs> You know, they're playing la, 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 la. Ashley's playing doctor and Trisha's drawing. And... But we would be fighting. And as soon as I didn't, if I'd had enough, oh, I'd storm out of the bedroom, go downstairs, go into my office, close the door, act as if I'm working. Does anybody here do that? What I was doing was I was being a coward, to tell you the truth. I'll, I'm not going to go down that road, but until one day. I'm down there that we, we argued. I went down in my, I was typing away and I hear this. Who's that? Isabel. She goes, honey, can I talk to you? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> she goes, honey, I, I just wanted to tell you that I'm really, I'm really sorry. And uh, would you please forgive me? And I'm like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry too. And I hugged her and it was over. What happened? My beautiful little wife here, she was getting into prayer, and she, we, um, at the church that we go to, we had a lot of productions, and in one of the productions, they had built this altar, like thing that you kneel on, and after it was done with, because she had helped to build it, we, she said, could we take it home? You know, because you're just going to junk it. So we have it in our bedroom. So anyway, she started using that as a place to pray. So she would, as soon as I, you know, left the room after fighting, she got down on her knees, and she asked God, what did you ask God, darling? I just said, Lord, you know, we had, an ar- we had kind of a discussion, me and God, and I said, Father, can you change him? <laughs> I mean, why, why, why is he so mean and stubborn? And God said, don't worry about him. I'll take care of that. You just worry about yourself. You go down. If you really love me, you go down and apologize for me. Do it for me. 
And I was like, no, Father, but last time I did it, it'll be the 10th time that I ask him, when is he? And he said, do you love me? Yes, Father. So I would go down and I'd be shaking. I mean, I would be like, my, my flesh was fighting my spirit and I'd go down and I was like, Ugh. It changed me. Changed me. I mean, again, coward for leaving. And, and I would even add this. The first one to say I'm sorry is the stronger one. Think about that. Think, ask yourself, when was the last time that you apologized first? But that totally changed our fighting dynamic. We rarely fight. I mean, we do. You know, we have our little, I, you know. But it's not like it used to be. And the first person to say I'm sorry wins. I would challenge you all. Whoever it may be, maybe not even with your spouse, but just consider that God will give you the strength to endure. What does to endure mean? Endure means to last, to persevere in your marriage. But even in, you know, with your children. The first person to say, I'm sorry, wins. So just consider that. So keep in mind that it's not just about you and me, about me and Dave. Whatever we do, we should do to glorify God. If it doesn't glorify God, guess what? Go to the bathroom and look in the mirror. What can I do, Father, to make this work better? Don't, hey, Dave, here's a list of things that you're doing wrong. No, 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 no. Look in the mirror, like Michael Jackson says. <laughs> Man in the mirror. Okay, uh, one example that I absolutely love that our, our pastor Keith Kraft does is he talks about a triangle. Envision a triangle with the top, the peak, being the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the base is you've got the husband and the wife. And as each individually works at their relationship with God, guess what? Both of them get closer and closer and closer together to each other and to God. So remember that as a, as a power force. And guess what? Your base gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. So really, that's, that's one of the key messages here today, is that if you want to have an enduring love in your marriage, if you want to have an enduring love, if you want to have perseverance, improve, work on, focus on your relationship with God. That is first. You know, as we're, as we're you know, struggling with things, you know, the pandemic right now, maybe it's finances, maybe it's, you know, maybe, whatever it may be. But the first thing out of our mouth should be Jesus. The first thing, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're wondering when you're going to be able to get back to work, my wife works as a flight attendant and, She's finally going to get back to work in, in October. But, you know, you just speak the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. When you're fearful, when you're sorrowful, when you're at your wit's end, when you are uh, hurting, when you're crying, when you're laughing, you know, speak his name. That's always been the thing that recenters us back. And I would just encourage you to do that. Okay, um, talking about James, the book of James, James, the first chapter, uh, verses 2 through 4. Let me read this, uh, this Bible verse to you. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, that whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith, your experience, produces endurance. 
leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. That's talking about endurance. And again, in, as it relates to your marriage, that's one of the keys to having a great marriage, is you have to, again, together, unified, linked, don't let go, and do it together. Endure, last, be able to last, be able to persevere by, number one, focusing on God, number two, sticking together. Because what the enemy wants is this. Blah. That's what the enemy wants. So more so, go hold on tight. Okay, I'm going to skip a little farther. We're yeah, getting a little short fine. on time here today. Um, so let's go ahead to okay, talk about so okay. finally the five vital keys. We'll start with number one, connect and stay connected. Your ability to endure together in hard times is directly proportional to the depth of your partnership in good times. Two hearts must link up to grow strong together. If you want to stay glued together in difficulties, you have to apply the cement of partnership now, not later, but now. It's kind of like working out, you know, you don't all of a sudden, you know, you're whatever, 500 pounds and you start, I mean, it has to be done now. You have to start eating right now, exercising now, etc. Before you go your separate ways each day, simple things, give each other heartfelt I love you, stay connected by calling or texting each other during the day, Find ways to be readily available to each other, even as you travel and go around taking the kids to their soccer games. Taking time to connect and stay connected builds security and intimacy in a relationship. It's part of building a lasting love, and it's essential when trials hit. Uh, Some ideas and key points are be intentional. It's not going to happen. Get on, you know, Sunday nights after everything is said and done, sit with your calendars, with your phones, and say, okay, let's have a date night on Wednesday before church or whatever. Let's go. Like Dave and I, we have a little ritual that we do. It's simple. It doesn't cost much. Um, We go to Starbucks Saturday mornings when neither one of us is working, and we park at the local Kroger. Next um, to the Starbucks. Yes. And we just kind of turn everything off. We kind of just talk about things. And we used to, you know fight and cry in the past but now it's kind of like our time to pray together go over the week's events what's going on with the kids work etc it's it's like dating again so we're very intentional saturday mornings are really important to us so i suggest you be intentional and do the same thing and you have to you have to guard that time you know if you don't have a ritual right now uh, when you spend time together invent one yes remember the first one to do it what they win. <laughs> but really, uh, and other rituals too, like for instance... Um, praying, baby. Praying, praying is together. big time. Praying together. You know, in some, some people, uh, you know, we've talked to a lot of, I talked to a lot of husbands, and one of the things that they have the most problem with is praying together. It's like, what should I say? I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, know what to say. You just talk like you're talking to your spouse. I could also recommend a book that's actually on Amazon right now. It's called Praying Together. It was written by a pastor that we know in Dallas. So, and it actually was written by his pastor and his wife. So there's a, there's a part in there for uh, men on how to pray with your wives, and there's a part in there for women, how to pray with your husbands. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know, maybe that's a way to start, but start. 
And it doesn't have to be every day. You know, I, that's one of the things that I think I've learned over time is that men say, you know, I, I, I say, okay, let's, let's pray. And I miss a day and, or miss two days or three days and then we, we stop doing it. Make it once a week. Seriously, our, our uh, time at Starbucks is once a week. Now, we do pray, you know, a lot, you know, during the day. And, but, you know, have a ritual and other rituals too. I mean, how do you connect with your wife? How do you connect? How do you, do you guys touch? You know, I, uh, I'll go in, I, you know, maybe this is a little too personal, but I'll tell you anyway, is that Isabel loves to have her feet massaged. I massage her feet all the time, don't I, honey? Yes. It's our ritual. It's just a way to connect. It's a way, you know, and, and we have a friend that saw us doing that. And she says, oh, that's gross. I'll, I'll wash my hands afterwards. I promise I won't have you your food. But the point is, figure out what your spouse, your husband, your wife likes and do it for them. Yes. Have fun. Yeah. Do fun I mean, things. Yeah. Um, oh, and if I yeah. could just re- also mention to you, don't expect anything in return. You know, I used to, I kind of, I gotta have to tell you this. I used to massage her feet all the time. It put her right to sleep. And I'd get angry because, like, I wanted something in return. And, but let me tell you, this, this, is, this was funny. This was funny. We went to a marriage class, and I was like, I wanna know what I should do when my wife, who doesn't appreciate my foot massage, just falls right to sleep. He says, Were you expecting something in return? I said, yes, I was. He says, guess what? You were manipulating her. (laughs) Truth. Truth. (laughs) Don't expect anything in return. Do it with your heart, and many things will happen. Many good things will happen. Yes. Yes. So um, another, another key factor is have balance. You know, as you become intentional in your scheduling and all that, um, and have boundaries. Once you make a date with your spouse, unless it's like you're going to lose your job or, you know, whatever, you need to keep that appointment sacred. Time with your spouse is very important. Everything is going to, you know, what happens is the enemy will try to, all of a sudden, everybody needs you. Unless you feel like God says, okay, cancel it, don't cancel it. You need that time. Be very intentional. You know, um, we are really going low on, I know, baby. on time we, here, we gotta Pastor. Go fast. I'm, I'm going to, um, we're going to kind of hit the high notes here. Yes. Um, but I wanted to tell you, um, you know, the reason why Isabel and I do this, um, we feel like we have a really good marriage. It's not enough, though. We want you guys to have that and more. So it's not about, you know, being a mentor and, and talking to you about this today. We're not trying to convince you of anything. We're not trying to say that, you know, we know something you don't know. We want you to have a 40-year marriage. Mm -hmm. We want you to love your wife so much that you want to massage her feet. We want you to love your husband so much that you can't wait to massage his back if that's what he likes. (laughs) You know, I'm getting goosebumps just saying it. I hope that you're getting goosebumps too. And if, again... If you're not married, if you're, you know, I see there's there are teens in here. I'm teaching you something today that you can ultimately use one time in you when you are married. Please remember that because it's all about being intentional. It's it's what builds that strength between you, that link between you, so that you will have a strong marriage. 
Um, let me just go into... Go to number two now? Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, we, we were going to talk about uh, making uh, your relationship a safe place. And I'll just, I'll just mention this briefly. You know, the, there's, some, there's some things that you can do to make it safe for your spouse. For instance, trust and loyalty, integrity and honesty. How many of you, don't, answer, don't raise your hand, how many of you know somebody that's ever lied to you? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have a spouse that has ever lied to you? Don't raise your hand. But I can tell you this, that even though we've all been through that, your goal, our goal, my goal, our goal, should be to have that integrity built upon trust, built upon honesty. That's another key to having an incredible marriage. And you say, well, that's not been my past. Ask for forgiveness. And the other person, provide that forgiveness. And then go on. In <laughs> fact, we can tell you this. Here's, here's something to write down if you're, if you're taking notes. If you want to have a great marriage, there's a couple of things that you need to be. Number one, a great apologizer. Great apologizer. And that will actually help you in everything else too. A great apologizer. The second thing you need to be is a great forgiver. Giving forgiveness. And you say, well, he doesn't deserve it. She doesn't deserve it. That has nothing to do with it. Forgiveness is about you. It's about me. It's not about your spouse. Because once you release that, then you don't carry that burden anymore. Now, reconciliation, that's something else. You know, and I'm not talking about your spouse. No, I'm talking about in the, in the general world. You know, when somebody's done something to you and you say, I'm not going to reconcile with them. Well, that's something else. But forgiveness is for you. Okay, but. Number three is keep communicating, and this in itself could take a whole weekend, but I'm going to try and condense it as much as possible. Um, I love what Dave says, become a PhD, a PhD of your spouse. Get your doctorate in Dave Romo. Um, and we, there's a lot of tools out there that I was telling the pastors about that we've used at our church. I don't know if you all have heard of the Kendall Life Languages. It's a communication analysis tool that um, Fred and Anna Kendall about... Uh, I think it's in 1995, they're um, communication and relationship experts. And they put together this uh, testing system that asks a lot of questions. And at the end of it, you get a report, a thick report on whoever buys it. It's like $49. Dave did it and I did it. And what it does, the bottom line is it, it teaches you how they communicate. Um, and there's several, I think there's like how many, six? Seven. Seven. Yeah, there's the mover, doer, influencer, responder, shaper, producer, and contemplator. I'm a responder. I communicate and receive communication better when you're sensitive, you're gentle with me, you're kind. People that are harsh, like I've had bosses that were really like, you know, just very firm in their words and all that, I, I kind of struggle with. Dave is a... What are influencer. You? And I can tell you this, that you ask, well, why is that important? I, you know, I've heard about Briggs, Meyer, Myers-Briggs, and I've heard about all these personality profiles. The reason is it's, it's an important thing in your marriage is because it will teach you, any of these kinds of things, will teach you keys to communicating with your spouse. Like, for instance, she said she's a, a, a responder, so she's very emotional in her, in her communication. In other words, you know, I have to address her heart when I'm going to communicate with her. If I tell her, hey, you know what, we're going to go, uh, we're going to drive down to Cyprus, go pick up Ashley and drive back. 
you know, she's going to want to do that because she loves Ashley, but she's going to want to know the whys and the fours, and she wants, she's going to want to know that I'm going to, I'm going to have something nice and soft for her to sit on on the, on the trip from here to Dallas, from Dallas to here. My filter is this. Do you really care? I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care. That's my filter. Yeah, we all communicate through filters. Yes. Okay. Another um, resource, that in itself, like I said, it's big time. Look it up, Kindle Life Languages. I believe they abbreviated KLLP, right, David? Yes. Uh, another one, if you all have heard of Gary Chapman, the five love languages. I love this. Very, a lot more simple. And they, he talks about the words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Highly recommend it. Again, you will know his and he will know yours. Uh, one thing that I love about the Kindle, going back real quick, is this can be applied, like you will know it so well that you'll see it in your bosses, your coworkers, people at church, so you'll be able to better, be a better communicator as a result of the results you get about yourself. You know, people that we've talked to about, like, the life languages, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. What is your spouse's life, uh, love language? Well, it's, uh, you know, what are they again? Again, you may have heard of it before, but use it. Yes. Use it. In fact, that's really one of the, um, the takeaways from this discussion today. You're, you've heard a lot of different things. Maybe some things stuck. Maybe some things didn't. But take one or two things and do it. Mm-hmm. Try it. And you say, well, I've already tried it. If it's not working... I've seen these things work with hundreds of people. The ones that it doesn't work for, it's because they didn't do it. Or they tried it one time. Oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. He doesn't deserve it, is the one I hear most often, or she doesn't deserve it. Another one is Gary Smalley. Um, This is the DNA of relationships. He talks about six levels of communication. The first three are small talk, sharing, facts, and sharing opinions. Once you get to the opinion to three, you're starting to get a little more risky. The other two are kind of like with anybody, even a stranger. Um, Then you get into the doorway to greater communication with the last three, which are your feelings, your needs, and your beliefs. But he also talks about one of the things that I love he talks about is uh, that a relationship is like a dance. You can't have two people, like, you can't have two people leading, right? Because we'll, we'll, so we, I have to allow him to lead me. And then there's times, like when we had our trials, and I had to go back to work, where he had, I had to lead. So it's not always going to be the man leading. Sometimes the woman has to, you know, in certain situations, to keep the dance going. Okay? And let's see. Communication is the essence of a relationship. Most people's top issue is the lack of effective communication. You may be talking, but guess what? It's not effective. Nobody's listening. Listening is vital and part of communicating. We talk with our couples about mirroring. Mirroring. It's one of those hard words to say. Parroting technique, where Dave may be telling me, you know, the reason I'm mad is because, you know, you told me da-da-da-da. And so what I can do is repeat what I hear so that I can make sure that we're communicating. So did you say that the reason you didn't throw the trash... It's because Davey needed help in the computer. Is that yes, correct? Yes, I had to help my son with his <laughs> homework. So that's kind of mirroring. Because yes. sometimes we think we hear what the problem is, but you're not listening. You already have a preconceived situation in your head. So really listen. 
uh, timing of a discussion. Oh, this is so good. So I'm backing up. I'm late to going to Capital One where I used to work. I'm going out of the garage. You know, I'm already like, oh, my God, I got it. And Dave says, roll down the window. I want to talk to you about our finances. I'm like, Dave, is this a good time to talk about finances? I'm late. So timing, really really timing is really important. Again, be intentional. Schedule it. Have a great cup of tea or coffee or whatever and discuss it in a peaceful, loving way. Let's go ahead and go on to yes, the last okay, one. Yes, okay, babe. Finally, we wanted to just share with you that in order to tackle something big in your lives, tackling it together, pursuing it together is the best way to go, and it will bring you closer together. Remember the triangle. Remember, God's at the top of the triangle, and you're at one side, and your spouse is at the other side. Remember that the closer you get to God, the closer you get to your spouse. It's important to realize that, um, that if you will treat your relationship as, you know, with, the, with the, the importance that you treat, you know, really above all things, uh, except for your relationship with God, if you will treat it that way, it will get your time and effort and grow the way you want it to grow. Remember that whatever you feed is going to grow. Mm-hmm. If you don't feed your relationship, it's going to die. It'll die on the vine. Yeah. And we talk about change can, should really, in order for it to last, should go in like two degrees changes. For example, in an ocean liner, you know, pastors love to take cruises. The captain doesn't like twirl it, you know, fast, 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 fast. I mean, he, he, he moves that big, ginormous, 100,000-pound um, ship slowly in two-degree increments. And so if you want something to change in your marriage, do it slowly. Start making, like, maybe I never get up and make him breakfast. Get up and make him breakfast. You know what? He's going to feel like a champion and start off his day. Just little tiny things. Look in the mirror. Lord, what can I do today to get closer to my, my spouse? Two degree changes. But we wanted to just um, end with this. Just remember that God loves you. As we said before, he has a plan for you. He brought you together with the, with the spouse, with your spouse. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to, to have an amazing marriage. He wants not just, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to uh, show people how to have a great marriage. He wants you to have beyond that. He wants, you, he wants your relationship to last a lifetime and beyond. But remember this, is that for, to have an enduring love, you have to work at it, and it's worth the work. It's worth the effort that you put into it. Yes. So if you wouldn't mind, um, we're going to pray, and then we're going to hand back the podium to pastors. But I would ask you to just think about maybe one thing that you heard today that you're going to try, again, depending on your own situation. Maybe it's, you know, if you're young you know, and you're not married, maybe one thing I want to remember But just take one thing, one thing. That's all we're asking. So join me, please, and pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you that you give us this time today to just talk about enduring love, a love that endures. Father, I just pray that every person here today would take something today home with them and plant it deep in their heart. And when they have the need, that they will put it out and use it. Father, that it would produce endurance in their relationship. Love that surpasses time and place. 
but most especially, Father, that we would keep our eyes firmly fixed on you. Psalm 121.1, that you are where our help comes from, not from the mountains, but from, from you. So we just thank you. Thank you, Father, for guiding us. Thank you for blessing our relationships. And in all of this, we thank you through your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. I think I can see why God brought uh, these two families together. Do you all want them back? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when uh, we started the Ark Fellowship, I was driving around with a van, and I had a few of, uh, I don't remember, we have a lot of people there that have come and I don't see them anymore. But I was driving in the van. We were trying to get certain things done. And uh, one of the ladies asked me while I was driving, uh, she said, do you and Angela ever fight? I thought, what? I said, no. Both of us have died and we are in heaven right now. It happens. Uh, you have disagreement, but we have to work it out. And uh, I'm very grateful. It's a great word. Isabel says she doesn't want to talk in front of <laughs> I was wondering, where did that come from? <laughs> she did a great job. Amen. Both of them did. Uh, I'm going to read this scripture because we're going to bless them. And uh, that's what uh, scripture says to do. I mean, you got something out of what you heard today. I did. It's great, great, great word. Great word. The Bible tells us in Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and, and uh, verse 6 and 7. It says, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. I used to why are these two scriptures so close? Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Because God is saying, whenever you share the word of God, somebody is teaching you, you need to sow into it. And don't deceive yourself. You can't mock God. It's like if you don't give to the person that has taught you something that you benefited from, you're mocking God. Can you share the scriptures together? Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. After telling you, give to the one who has blessed you with the word. That's how one of the spiritual ways we actually make or curse the word that we have heard to be planted in us. And the word will grow. We're doing a lot of things wrong because we don't, the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. These are some of the things that we must do. I've made it a point of duty. And our church also gives. When we have a guest speaker, 
the people give and our church as a whole. We give also. We add to whatever comes in. Because I really want to sow. Amen? Are we ready to give? Anybody need some envelope? We're ready. Okay. Please lift your offering up. We're going to bless Dave. They drove, I mean, they flew from Dallas. <laughs> and they're going back to Dallas. And uh, Dave and uh, Isabel are very generous people. And a generous daughter as well. Amen. Father, we want to thank you for the privilege of giving to your servants today as they've ministered to us from your word and from the things they've learned from you. We thank you, God. We give this to you according to your word. We sow into that word that we've heard today that we, our lives might be blessed. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you as you give. It's so good to see many of you face to face. And uh, again, I will uh, tell you why. You know, I require that everybody wear a mask. Uh, there are several things that in my thoughts. You know, for me, I, I like to believe God. But I don't want to tempt him. So I know what's right to do. I'll do what I can. Like, uh, what's his name? Um, one of his singers in my time back then, he says... I'm doing my best. I leave the rest to the Lord. You do what you know is right to do. That's number one. Secondly, I think of, of my, I'm always thinking of, about people who are outside the faith and in my action. They see things differently. And if they think I'm doing something that is not right, I can't reach them anymore. They're gone. And the way the world is now, everybody's wearing masks. You're a Christian, you go to church all the time, you're a pastor, and they don't see masks. Then their mind is, how can he be a good person? You want to kill somebody? I don't want that for me. I hate it. You know, the years back, I remember the pain I felt when... Uh, Somebody handled, a Christian person handled a snake. And the snake beat the person because they are snake handlers. And it was a front page or something, Atlanta Constitution. Or one, and after that, another child was sick so terribly. And the parents refused to take the child to the hospital. And the child died. Front page, page Atlanta Constitution. I felt so bad. Because I knew what was going to happen. These Christians. But that's not what we believe. All good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Amen? So that's why we do what we do. Wear your mask. Uh, to me, Paul says, I, you know, I am all things to all men that I may win some. To the weak, I am weak. So there are people who don't have the faith that you have. Paul says, don't abuse them and sin against them. 
by refusing to comply. To the Gentile, he's a Gentile. He'll eat with them and eat whatever they eat. Just to win them. The thing is to win souls. Amen. Would you stand up? Come on, come and just uh, say a closing prayer for everybody today. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> if you're um, if you're out there uh, today, uh, we want to l- let you know that if you desire prayer, we have prayer teams that pray here every morning, uh, sometimes twice a morning for the needs. And if you have a prayer request or if you've given your heart to the Lord and want to let us know because we would like to know, just send it to prayer at theartfellowship.org and we will get that and we will pray about your needs. So if, those, if you need prayer, make sure you correspond that and bring that to us because we do believe in healing. And we've had many, many healings. Matter of all, one today we're believing and know that God has done the work. But we don't like to close any service without giving people the opportunity to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ today, today is the day, today is that acceptable day that you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Not only here in the sanctuary, but also those that hear us out on the Internet may hear us across the world. We don't know where you are, but God knows where you are, and God hears your prayers where you are. So we're going to invite you right now to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. It becomes very simple, but it has to come from your heart. Man says if we believe in our heart that Christ died for our sins, arose the third day, sits with the Father, sits with the Father in heaven for us, that He died for our sins, He says we can be saved. So we're going to pray this very simple prayer, but I want you to pray that with us, both here and there, that God would he would save you today. And if you need healing, pray for that healing also, and let us know about it on our line. Repeat with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. Asking you to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I thank you, Jesus, that you came and you died on Calvary's cross. That I might have life and have that life more abundantly. I believe that you were raised from the dead. And now you sit with the Father in heaven, making intercession for me every day. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. And today, I am a new creature created in Christ Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me this day in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. May the Lord richly bless you as you go. God bless you.